welcome to the podcast of Follow Baptist Church. Our vision and mission is to follow Jesus in our community for His glory. We hope and pray that you are blessed, challenged and inspired by this message. For more information on Follow Church, you can visit our website at www.followchurch.com.au. got two Bible readings this morning. The first is Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The second reading is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Thank you, Nathan, and good morning again. Welcome welcome to Follow Church. If you're visiting today, my name is Dave. Uh, I'm not the pastor here. The pastor is Luke Williams, who's having a very well-earned break. So I'm filling in for the week. I wanted to start off this morning with a story. There's no kids church today so this might help entertain the kids as well there was once a camel now we we all know camels are pretty amazing creatures aren't they but this particular camel for some reason wasn't entirely satisfied with how he was and he always wanted to be a little bit more and one day he saw an elephant and he saw how strong and how awesome and how big the elephant was and he prayed he said god if only i could be more like an elephant then i'd be happy and god answered his prayer and he became a camelophant (laughs) and you'd think he'd be happy but no then he felt sort of big and bulky and hard work and then he saw an antelope and he saw how graceful and beautiful the antelope was. And he prayed, God, if only I could be more like an antelope, then I'd be happy. And God answered his prayer and he became a camelope antelope. <laughs> and he should have been happy, but no, he still wasn't. He saw a pelican and you all know about pelicans. You know, the amazing thing about a pelican is that his beak can hold more than his belly can. And and he prayed, he said, oh God, if only I could be more like a pelican, then I'd be happy. And suddenly he was a camelophantalope pelican. And he still wasn't happy, you'd think he would be. But then he saw a canary and he heard the canary's beautiful song and he saw it flying around free, like he had to carry people's burdens all the time being a camel and an elephant. And he thought, oh God, if only I could be more like a canary, then I'd be happy. And God answered his prayer and he became a camelophantalope pelicanary. And you'd think he'd finally be happy, but no, no, he still complained a bit more and he saw a yak. Now, yaks are also big and strong, but the yaks have a big, thick fur coat that keeps him warm even in winter, in cold temperatures. And he thought, oh, if only I could be more like a yak, then I'd be happy. And he was a camelophantalope pelicanary yak. And he still wasn't happy because then he, he saw a kangaroo just jumping over fences with ease and he thought, oh, God, please, if only I was more like a kangaroo, then I'd be happy. And God answered his prayer, and he became a camelophantalope pelicanary yeah, kangaroo. <laughs> and you'd think, finally, now he's big and he's strong and he can fly and he can sing and he's graceful and he's got everything going for him. But he still felt like worthless and insignificant. And he woke up one morning and he heard the rooster crowing and he realised that, hey, everyone listens to the rooster. Maybe I wish I could be more like a rooster. And he prayed, God, please make me more like the rooster, then I'll be happy. And sure enough, he became a camelophantalope pelicanary yak kangaroo rooster. Now, this story could go on forever, so I'll cut it short. But the point is, for the children, the point is to understand that God made us all different. God made every one of us with some beautiful and special abilities. 
And all you have to focus on is being the best you you can be. Don't try to be him and don't try to be her and don't try to be more like everybody else. But be the person God made you. But for the adults, the point of that story this morning is to help us understand the difference between happiness and joy. So the dictionaries might define joy as a, a state of mind, an emotion based on our circumstances, a state of happiness. But as you know, the New Testament was written in Greek, and the, word, the Greek word that we translate as joy is not an emotion. It's not a passing here one minute, gone the next kind of thing. Joy is a permanent state of mind, and it implies specifically about a joy that is found in God, the joy of salvation. And that's the kind of joy I want to talk about this morning. So I wanted to specify the difference between happiness that comes and goes and depends on a whole lot of other things and joy that is permanent and lasting, the joy that can only be found in God. We've been going through a series on the fruits of the Spirit. If you've been here the last few weeks, last week we looked at love, before that we looked at peace and patience, and today, as you probably guessed, we're talking about joy. Now some of the fruits of the Spirit, as you listen to the whole series, you might think some of them sound very similar, some of them overlap quite a lot, and we shouldn't be surprised, as Ray explained to us very well last week, these are the fruit, singular, of the Holy Spirit. We don't have one Holy Spirit who gives us faithfulness and another Holy Spirit who gives us gentleness. We have one Holy Spirit who gives us all of this fruit together. And of course the fruit overlaps because you can't have love without patience. You can't have patience without self-control. All of these fruit work together. It's a package deal. One Holy Spirit gives all of these fruit. So yes, they do often sound the same. And the other passage we're looking at this morning is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And if you've got your Bibles, this is the passage to leave open this morning because I'll mention a whole lot of different passages, but we will keep coming back to 1 Thessalonians 5 that says, Always be joyful. In Philippians chapter 4, it tells us to rejoice always. And you might think, how am I supposed to be happy all the time? Job chapter 5, Job chapter 20 verse 5 warns us that the joy of the godless lasts only a moment. So clearly, when the Bible says to always be joyful, this is not talking about the joy of the godless. This is talking about a permanent, lasting, enduring joy, not a fleeting happiness. So joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and joy can only come as a result of having God's Holy Spirit live inside of us. There's a story in the New Testament in Mark chapter 2 about a man who is crippled. Now, I'm sure all of us have some issues and some burdens and problems in life. This man's problem was obvious for all to see. He was crippled. Now Jesus came to this man's town and everyone in town wanted to go and see Jesus and hear Jesus and obviously this man would have liked to go as well but he couldn't, he was crippled. But he had four friends who obviously loved him and cared about him, four good friends, we all need friends. And these four people took the effort to carry this man on his mat, carry him to the house where Jesus was. And they got there and the house was crowded. There were people queuing up at the door trying to get in and they couldn't get this man in to see Jesus. So they climbed on the roof and they dug a hole in the roof and they lowered their crippled friend down, still on his mat, down through the roof in front of Jesus. Now I don't claim to know what everyone there was thinking, least of all Jesus, but I'm pretty sure that as these people in the crowd saw this man being lowered down and they could tell that he was crippled, And they were all looking at Jesus and they were all thinking to themselves, his legs, his legs, fix his legs, he's a cripple. And Jesus looked at this man and the words that Jesus said probably blew the mind of everyone who heard them. Because Jesus looked at this man and he said, your sins are forgiven. 
And everyone's probably like, whoa, what, what just happened? What about his legs? Now, if you read the rest of the story, we see that Jesus was making a point, and in fact he did eventually heal this man's legs as well. And the man got up and he walked home and everyone praised God and it was fantastic. But I think that maybe as Jesus first looked at that man, Jesus thought to himself, I could fix this man's problem. I can take away his burden. I can give him happiness for a little while until another problem crops up in his life. Or I can give him permanent, enduring joy, the joy that comes from having his sins forgiven. And if you put yourself in that man's shoes right now, 2,000 years later, and give that man a choice, say, would you like to have had your legs fixed and have an easier life where you could walk around and get a job and earn a living? Or would you rather have had your sins forgiven and spend eternity in heaven? I'm pretty sure it's a no-brainer, isn't it? That man would obviously choose the joy of salvation over the happiness of having his legs healed. Permanent joy, not temporary happiness. James chapter 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you endure all kinds of hardships. Now, this is obviously not talking about happiness, because I've never yet met anyone who's happy, but yes, life is so tough. Yes, life's falling apart. You little beauty. My marriage is falling to pieces. I can't pay my bills. Everyone's picking on me. Fantastic. (laughs) If that's you, well, good for you. But um, (laughs) we don't normally come across those kind of people. So clearly this joy that the New Testament talks about is not a fleeting happiness. This is a permanent, enduring joy that is found in salvation, the joy of the Lord. You might ask yourself, how can I be joyful always? Always. If joy was happiness, then it's fair to say that, you know, Hawthorne supporters, we get to experience happiness a lot more than St Kilda supporters. (laughs) Thank you, Jared. But all of us have relationship problems, awkward problems. Maybe we have stress in in our jobs. We have people that we know who are sick and hurting and dying. How can you say, always be joyful, if joy is happiness, if joy depends on the circumstances of our life because life is not easy. And depression is a very real issue. I was just doing some research this week. The latest stats tell us that 45% of people will experience depression at some, some time in their life. Obviously, for some people, it's, it's mild and it passes. For other people, it's very debilitating and it's ongoing. But 45% of people, every year in Australia, one million people are diagnosed with depression. Every year, every day in Australia, on average, seven people take their own lives. How can we say, oh, be happy always? We can't. We can only say, be joyful always. Plenty of people think, if only my problems were taken away. If I won tax lot, I won't have heaps of money, then I'd be happy. And you do the research of people who have actually defied the odds in one tax lotto. And within five to seven years, in nearly every case, the money is gone, they're more miserable than they were before and they wish they had never won. So tax lotto is not the answer to our problems. Our joy can only be found in Jesus. And my experience tells me that Christians also can be depressed. We all have hardships in life. In fact, maybe for Christians it's even harder because some of you, your heart breaks when you look at the the lost and the lonely and the miserable and the broken world that we live in. And you think, how can I be happy in this world of pain? But this is not talking about happiness. This is talking about joy. In John 16, Jesus compares joy to childbirth. Now, you mums, you're thinking, doesn't sound much like joy, does it? And I, I was there for the birth of all three of my children and I was... I've got to, it's fair to say Trace had a much harder time than I did. Um, in fact, 
Megan Trace was in labour for 27 hours and I fell asleep halfway through and I've never heard the end of that. But, <laughs> but you asked a woman in labour, hey, you feeling happy as this joy? And they, well, I won't tell you what they'll say, but it probably won't be yes. <laughs> but, but you ask any mother who's holding her newborn child in her arms, was it worth it? Was it worth every minute? Was it worth every second? And they'll say absolutely. And even you dads, you know, if you, when you, the first time you held your child in your arms, there was no feeling like that in the, in, in the world, in the life. And Jesus compares joy to childbirth. And he knew what he was talking about because, yes, life is hard. Yes, life is challenging. And, yes, we have to put up with a whole lot of stuff. But when we get to heaven, this life, all of the pain and suffering of this life will be worth every second of it, won't it, for an eternity in heaven. How can we be joyful always? There's a little formula, a little acronym. might seem overly simplistic, but I think it really works when you think about it. The letters of joy are J, O and Y. And you might have heard this before, but bear with me, because J is for Jesus. And Jesus always comes first. Jesus was asked himself, what's the most important commandment in life? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the Bible tells us in a whole lot of places, seek first the kingdom of God, first and foremost, uppermost in our mind, number one priority, the kingdom of God. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. It says, trust in the Lord. It says, honour the Lord. The Bible tells us over and over again that God should be our priority. So J is for Jesus and J comes first. And O is for others. Jesus, when he just said the greatest commandment, he said the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbour, love other people as you love yourself. It's all part of the package deal. John in his epistle said, you can't say you love God if you hate your brother because they go together. So J and O. And the Bible also tells us love others, serve others, be kind to others. It tells us over and over again. J is for Jesus and O is for others and they're both important. And some people think, that's it, I'll just, you know, be a martyr and be a masochist and ignore myself. But that's only J-O, that's only Joe. That's not, that's nice, nice for Joe, but it's not joy. <laughs> because Y is for yourself and Y is important and you are important. You are part of this recipe, this formula for joy. And I'm speaking from personal experience here that you need to take time for yourself. Look after yourself because you are an important part of it. But I think if we follow this priority in life, Jesus, others, yourself, then it won't matter whether our footy team wins or loses. It won't matter if we've got enough money in the bank. It won't matter so much when our friends are hurting and sick and if we've got back pain or whatever it is that's going on in life because if our focus is Jesus, others, yourself, That is an enduring joy that overcomes all the other circumstances of life. Joy comes when we stop seeking happiness and realise that the source of joy is our relationship with God. I want to say that again because I think that's the, the point of the whole thing and I want us all to sink in. Joy comes when we stop seeking after happiness in our career, in our relationships, in our wealth, in anything else. Stop seeking after happiness and realise that the source of joy is our relationship with God. Romans 8 is a great chapter that gives us some of the reasons for why we should have enduring joy in our lives. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. 
Now, Romans has, earlier in the book, explained to us that we're all sinners and the wages or the consequences or the results of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, there's, there's a reason for joy. And Romans 8, verse 1 says, There is no condemnation. If you're a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, if the Holy Spirit is living in you, you are no longer condemned for your sin. Now, that, that's a reason for celebration. That's a reason for joy. And at the end of the same chapter, verse 38 and 39, tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not height, nor depth, or angels, or demons, or life, or depth, or anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God. Does that sound like permanent, enduring, overflowing, abundant joy? certainly does to me. So coming back to 1 Thessalonians 5. Always be joyful. And young people, children, if you're ever looking for some memory verses that you want to learn, try these three. They're nice and they're very short. They're easy to remember. But don't just learn them. Memorize them and remember them and believe them and apply them because these three verses can really improve your life. And it is, again, it's a package deal. Don't, don't get hung up on just be joyful always. Look at the other two verses there. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. Pray constantly. And in everything, give thanks. Now, prayer is not just telling God, God, don't be like the camel and say, God, if you just make me like this, I'll be happy and I need that to be happy and God, make my life better and easier. Prayer is communicating with God. Part of our prayer life should be, Lord, how can I serve you today? Lord, who can I bless today? Lord, what would you like me to do for you today? And then listen to what he has to say. Communicate with God. And then giving thanks in all circumstances. That's pretty tough, isn't it? Let's face it, we don't always feel like giving thanks. Like, yay, life is hard. Thank you so much, God, that I can't afford to pay my bills. You don't often hear people saying that. Because life can be hard. Trace and I, um, one month from today will be our 20th wedding anniversary, which is pretty cool. And as it turns out, yeah. as it turns out, we're going to spend our wedding anniversary moving house, which sounds really bad, but it's actually going to be a great blessing because of the house we're moving into. But in our first year of marriage, way back in 1996, you know, last millennium, um, <laughs> believe it or not, we had, a, we had a tough year. We had a tough few months. Um, we were living in Ballarat. Trace had lived an hour's drive away and moved to Ballarat when we got married and we assumed that Tracy would be able to find some work in Ballarat but for whatever reason it hadn't happened. And so financially things were really tough and every single fortnight was turning into a bit of a struggle like how are we going to get through? To add to that, I was going through a really difficult time at work. One of my bosses was a, a loose cannon in a situation that was, it was ongoing and it was deteriorating and getting more and more complex and awkward and difficult and every day I was coming home from work and just pouring it all out to trace everything that happened and it was really getting us down. And to add to all of that, the doctors had just told us that we would never be able to have children. Now, now, looking back 20 years later, we look back and realise that, hey, the power of God is far greater than the knowledge of the doctors and we've got three beautiful kids and we're very happy, but we didn't know that then. And I remember this one particular night, I got home from work and we were sitting out in in our backyard and both of us were just really feeling down, just really miserable. And, you know, as misery often does, it bounces off each other. And we were both feeling worse and worse. And For some reason, I'm not even sure why, but this verse came to mind. And I thought that maybe, I'm, you know, I'm the head of the household. Maybe I should try to turn our mood around. And I said to Trace, 
Maybe we just need to try to think of something to thank God for. It's not always easy. You don't always feel like thanking God. But we tried and we sat there and I said, well, thank you, God, for this backyard. And we had this beautiful backyard. It had this nice picnic area and it was secluded with trees and we loved spending time out there. And I said, thank you, God, for the backyard. And Tracy said, thank you, God, for the house. And it was a, a small house. It wouldn't have done for a family, but we loved that house. And the youth group used to come over for Sunday nights after church for supper, and we loved that house. And Tracy said, thank you, God, for the house. And I thought, yep, what a blessing that house is. And then Tracy said, thank you, God, for our families, because both of our families have been really supportive and encouraging through this really tough, tough time. And I said, thank you, God, for friends. And I realised how many friends who, we had who, who cared about us and who came around and spent time with us. And suddenly the list started to get longer and longer and longer and we realised how many things there were in life that we should be thankful for. And it lifted our spirits, it changed our mindset, it turned our mood around. And it really is important in everything, give thanks. Give thanks in all of our circumstances. And it's all part of the package deal, to being joyful always. Don't focus on the joy, focus on the prayer, focus on the praise and thanking God in all circumstances because it really is powerful. Nehemiah chapter 8 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Because, of the joy, because the joy of the Lord is not temporary, because the joy of the Lord is not dependent on circumstances of life, therefore the joy of the Lord is enduring. It is permanent. It is overflowing. It is abundant. It is worth getting excited about. Joy that lasts. Joy that we can rely on. Joy that is unconditional. We really can always be joyful when our joy is found in God. Just one more reference before we finish today. Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk is this tiny little book in the Old Testament. It's only got three chapters and these few verses are the end of the chapter, the end of the book. Habakkuk was a prophet. Now there are plenty of Bible names still in use today. You know, Jacob and Josiah and Noah and Micah and Isaac. When I was growing up, every second kid was David or Peter or John. There were plenty of Bible names still in use. And poor old Habakkuk, he misses out. No one ever calls their kid Habakkuk. So one day we're all going to meet this guy in heaven and shake his hand and say, sorry I didn't name my son after you. But But Habakkuk must have been a pretty good, good guy when you read these verses. Let me read them to you. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. This guy, he hasn't just, hasn't just lost his, his life savings, he's lost his income. Everything he has worked and sweated and poured himself into, it's gone. It's turned to dust. There is nothing left. I don't know how tough the circumstances of your life are, but I reckon Habakkuk knows how you feel. And what does Habakkuk say? He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. It doesn't matter how bad our life gets, our joy can be found in God. And that is our challenge this morning. That is our response. Not to focus on the joy, focus on the happiness, focus on the circumstances of our life, but simply to focus on God. Focus on the prayer. Focus on giving thanks in all circumstances. And let God's gift of joy, the joy of the Holy Spirit, inhabit and transform our lives. May God bless you all with joy, his joy today. Amen.